0: Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship weekly podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good morning. morning. If you would, open your Bibles to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14, we'll get there in just a moment. I want to do a couple of things first. I want to thank Chris Chapidan for preaching last week. Awesome job, brother. And uh, really, it was kind of like a we're starting a new series today, but it was kind of like part one before the part one it, was, it really fits with what we were doing. I encourage you to listen to that online if you've not had a chance to do that. Um, also. I wanted to just share a word right here at the start. Uh, Melanie came up, felt like she had a word for that was for us. It was kind of a corporate thing that in worship, in the presence of God, there was like a wave washing over us and it was washing away insecurities. It was washing away brokenness. It was washing away things from the past that need to go from our lives and uh, freedom that needs to happen. And I'm I literally leaned over to she had shared the word with Kim and I leaned over to her and I said, were you in first service? Did you hear what I'm going to preach about? Because it's and she wasn't. And it absolutely just fits. So I wanted to share it right here as a setup for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, We're starting a new series called. uh, Oh, oh yeah. And one other piece. There's not striving on this thing. There's, There's not. It's not a work. You work it up to get free finally one day but that God's doing this thing in us. Okay, So we're starting this series called Welcome Home. And this is going to be a vision thing for the next kind of three weeks. This will be some personal vision for us in our own devotional lives and and, and personal lives. Some vision for pressing on with God in 2017. May 2017 be the most awesome year ever in the presence of God. And it's a, it's a great prayer for us to pray. It's not like a shaky limb. I wonder if God, maybe He doesn't want to do that. Like he does. And He wants to transform us into the very image of Jesus Christ. He wants us to look like His Son and look like Him. And uh, so, so uh, you know, we're, we're kicking this thing off this week. Next week, we'll be talking about relationships. Welcome home to relationships. And then the final week, we'll be talking about some church vision stuff. God's people. And God's purpose, who God's called us to be in the body of Christ, in the city of Fort Worth, you know, with the nation and the nations, there's a big call on our lives and we are not done. We got a long way to go and great stuff to do and see happen and God's so good in all of that. So here we go. Welcome home. I want to say, first of all, it, when, when you hear the phrase, welcome home, that's, that's good news. It's good news to be welcomed. If you've ever been lost, alone, had a sense of brokenness, and what am I going to do? For somebody to welcome you in and be open and embracing, it's like a good, good thing. Here's an old story, but it's a great picture of, of, uh, of this happening. In 1999, I was with Jimmy Seibert who pastors Antioch, in Waco, we're part of that the Antioch movement here at Christ Fellowship. And we were in Siberia together in Irkutsk. And we had pulled up to this hotel. I don't remember why we were there, but we pulled up to this hotel and Jimmy saw somebody he knew. The guy's head was down. And his name's Josh Crossland. And Josh was backpacking. He was with the Peace Corps. He was trying to find himself. He was backpacking in Siberia. We all, we're all on a journey, right? <laughs> so he was, he was actually sharing some of this story last year at World Mandate. Josh did, but, but he was broken. He'd been kicked out of the hotel. He didn't have any money. And we literally, Jimmy knew him, and we just said, hey, come with us. And I can't remember what all we did. We got him set up, or he stayed with us maybe even. And it, Jimmy had just met him briefly in the past, but that started a relationship. Him being welcomed into our fellowship like that started a relationship that went way deeper Josh ended up moving back to Waco went through the training school got discipled you know did this stuff ended up moving as a missionary to Mongolia met his wife Sagana there and now leads Antioch Mongolia in Ulaanbaatar now that's the power of being welcomed in and that's what we're talking about we want to be you want to know that God is a welcoming God. He's welcoming us in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That means that He's the Father who is welcoming us in His Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we get to participate in all of that goodness um, in Jesus. And it's, it's good news. It's really, really good news. And we need to hear it because our need is so great. Somebody, amen. <laughs> it is so great. I mean... We are, we're broken in, because of the fall. It's just something, you know, us trying to be in charge of everything, us trying to call the shots is just a recipe for brokenness. It is a recipe for brokenness. Adam and Eve, they fall in the garden. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And their first big choice is to run and hide from God. So you eat the fruit, they go. Now we need to hide from God. Well, God's been walking with them in the garden. You know, And contrary to popular opinion, his sin doesn't freak them out. He actually comes to them. He turns toward them. That's that's what God does. He turns toward us. He's turning. He's always turning toward us. He's coming. He's welcoming in Jesus. And it's good news. And in our brokenness, we're like, oh, we can't see God that way. In our brokenness, we don't receive his love, so we can't give his love. We don't don't receive identity and so we don't, we're always struggling for who we are. We struggle with insecurities because we don't receive that and don't know who he is. We end up out of our brokenness really actually painting God's face in in ways that many different ways that don't look like Jesus Christ. And so we're we're doing this thing, you know, and God like this. And so because of this brokenness in us, we start doing this, I am not. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, and you fill in the blank because we all kind of personalize that in some wonderful ways. And just, I mean, when was the last? I mean, I probably have to go back a week or two to, to find a time when I was really felt insecure in, in a situation. It's there in me at 53. I don't usually say the actual number, do I? I that was really weird. Fifty minutes. It's out. But there's this need we all. I mean, don't you identify with this need that we have? So we've got this need, and I, I was we were in the discipleship school uh, over here a couple weeks ago, and Todd Knight was sharing some of his testimony, and he just made a point about just saying, you know, most of our issues that are struggles. And most of our places of victory are all tied to knowing about the the Father's love or or missing out on knowing about the Father's love. You know, it leads to junk in our lives and stuff we regret and clamoring for meaning and identity and security and somebody to love us and all those kinds of things. Or knowing the joy of knowing the Father's love. So Paul, if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 3, Verse 14, at the end of three of the greatest chapters in the New Testament, in the Bible. Can I build it up enough? I'm an Ephesians fan, obviously. But at the end of Ephesians 3, he prays this prayer about the Father's family and his love. He said, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's where we we need this love there, this power there so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Amen. So, as we're looking at what's possible for 2017, we need to know that it's, it's going to be seeing Jesus. It's going to be down that road. It's going to be knowing our identity. It's going to be having that brokenness made whole in, in who we are in Christ. What He's done for us in Jesus, knowing the Father's love And growing up into uh, the very image of Jesus. Just a reminder, our goal here is to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do. We want to grow. We don't want to just stay. We're not just kind of hanging out and waiting on heaven. We want to grow up into Jesus and want to see heaven come to earth in his life in and through us. So here's the main thing today. God is welcoming us home. He's welcoming us. And is inviting us to grow and participate in his life through a lifestyle of seeking him. So that's what I that's what I want to do. Anybody want to join me? I want a lifestyle of seeking God yes. through Jesus Christ in the power of the spirit, knowing the father's love that I've been welcomed, that we've been welcomed into this incredible circle of the family of God. So here's the first piece, the Welcome. You can just turn back a page or two if you've got your Bibles open or flip the screen down a little bit if you've got your phone or whatever. Um, to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4, 5, and 6. And I love to start here because it, it, it brings us into the story before the story even begins really. It's before creation. For He chose us, God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world. To be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as sons. To to the adoption of sonship. That's what He's brought us into. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. Amen. So that's a welcome. That's a big welcome. It's a setup for the good news that's revealed in the Bible. And the good news isn't just a very truncated, tight version that you can go to heaven when you die, but I mean the good news like the whole big package. The the, the good news like heaven's coming to earth. The the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The the, the whole story. Not just that He died for our sins, but He died for our sins according to the the story. The, The Scriptures. The Bible. That whole big thing where he creates us. But then there's the fall. And then God in his mercy and goodness comes to a man named Abram. And he says, I'm choosing you. I mean, the guy's a pagan, right? He just doesn't know God. But God's going to focus his attention and what he's doing through this one family. And he says, Abraham, or Abram at the time, I'm going to bless you. And through your family, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And so... Abraham says, yes, he believes. It's credited to him as righteousness. He is trusting God. And so this family starts developing and moving and growing and and multiplying. And they end up in slavery in Egypt. And God raises up another guy, Moses. And he says, Moses, I'm going to use you to deliver this people out of bondage and out of slavery. And there's lots of waiting and Moses has to go to the desert. But he goes back and they have the Passover. And they end up delivering this people out of God delivers this people out of bondage, out of slavery. God does it incredibly strong right hand. God does it through the Red Sea, through the wilderness and into the promised land, but not before he's given them the law that marks them out, marks them out as his people and and also helps them to see, you know, it's through the law that we become aware of sin that leads to death and it highlights it. It magnifies this. And so but he also says, I'm making a covenant with you. And if you will follow me, there's going to be blessings. But if you don't follow me, there's going to be curses that come into your life. And so the people, they start following God. But before long, they prove that they're like everybody else. Idolatry creeps in. They end up rejecting God and saying, we want a king like all the other nations of the earth. God had set himself up as king, but he rejects, they reject God. In that way, so then there's more idolatry that happens. The prophets come, they're prophesying, but you're supposed to be this light for the nations of the earth. That's who your destiny is. God's focusing all this attention right here on this people. And then through this people, through the son of David, the, the, the line of David, comes Jesus Christ, the King, the Messiah. And it's, it's like He is the representative, not like, he is the representative of this people who lives as a light for the nations of the earth. And everything that, they're, that God's trying to do through them now gets focused even more tightly into Jesus Christ. And He then becomes the offering on behalf of all of us. He is our representative man. When He dies, it's like we die with Him. He becomes Israel's Redeemer who then becomes our Redeemer. And we are connected to this story. This big long story is not just Jesus died and you can go to heaven, but Jesus died according to the scriptures and you're brought in. You're brought into this whole big story of what God's doing. And this is good news. It's really good news. One of the things that happens is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Isn't that great? I mean. But when you start telling the story like this, it's like there's all these wonderful pieces of the good news that start taking shape in our lives. We're forgiven from sins by the grace of God through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for us. But the fact is, not only do I need to be forgiven of my sins, I'm a sin factory. That's that's the flesh. And so that needed to be dealt with. So Jesus deals with that. He takes all of old Adam with we were, for we know that our old self was crucified with Christ and we died with him. That's the picture of what baptism shows us is that we're dying with him and then being raised to live his new life. Like he died, we died. he was raised, we're raised. He's ascended, we're ascended. All because Jesus is the great mediator. He's the mediator where God, humanity, and creation meet. And it's not us doing it. God's done it in Jesus Christ. So it, it's awesome good news. You know, I mean, even next week we're going to talk about relationships. Well, if we've been reconciled and brought into God's family, that means we've been brought in together. All these different people, backgrounds, ethnicities, all these different you know, ways of viewing life and seeing things, and yet... That also means we've been reconciled to each other. There's stuff, there's stuff to live out. There's stuff to live out, this kingdom expression of what God's doing on the Earth right now. And Jesus has, is, is picturing all of that for us. I, I, I'm thinking of the Passover, just like that Moses led the Israelites out of bondage and into freedom. He also said there's going to be a deliverer like me that's going to come in the future and He's going to do the same thing. You know." And so Jesus leads us out of bondage and into freedom. Out of insecurities and all the, the lies and the, it'll never change. And He leads us out of all of that stuff and into this new life. Now, it's a life that's lived in response to Him. It's a life of opportunity. He's done it and yet He calls us to live in it. To participate in this life with Him. That's the big calling that I want us to, to, to get to um, today. And that we've been brought together as God's people, both Jew and Gentile. And so Jew, Gentile is everybody, that's all the nations of the world brought together in the Messiah, in Jesus Christ, and it's good news. And so God's done that while we were still sinners, He's welcoming us. Through Jesus Christ, He's welcoming us. And there's a big open door welcome mat into God's family. Welcome. Come on in. Come on in. Don't stay out there abandoned and broken and heart messed up and painting God with all the pain of the past. He's a loving Father who always looks like Jesus Christ. He always looks like Jesus Christ. And so, you never heard me say that before, have you? Okay, so there's an invitation. There's a welcome. It's for all of us. It's for all of the world. It's for whosoever will. Isn't that great? Great news. Jesus died for everyone. Jesus, I've been. I got this phrase going. I'm going to be praying with the Fort Worth pastors here. I'm supposed to, just in a couple of weeks, we've got a prayer retreat. And uh, I got this. I was hearing James Mark years ago sing, Jesus loves Afghanistan. We were at some conference or something. He's singing, Jesus loves Afghanistan. Jesus loves Afghanistan. And I heard, Jesus loves Fort Worth. He loves our city. He loves our city. He loves people that, that need to know Him. He loves, he loves us even in spite of the religious stuff that we do. We try to do it in our own strength and kind of work ourselves up. He loves us in spite of it. He wants us to change and trust Him. But He loves Fort Worth. So let's get to this next piece then. That's the welcome. And then the next piece is the invitation. The invitation. So, John chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, is an invitation to the house of God. It's a a welcome home. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me, trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house, There are many rooms and if it were not so I would have told you and then down in verse 20 a verse that's very important to me and I just if you don't have it highlighted in your Bible please do on that day on the day when the Holy Spirit comes that's what he's talking about there on that day you will realize that I am in my father that you are in me and that I am in you and so there's an invitation here for us to participate in the life of Jesus. Like we he's brought us into this life. That's the that whole thing that we were predestined to be adopted. We've been brought in through Jesus Christ. And now what are we going to do? There's an invitation to live in him, to participate in him, to believe, to live in this life. This is eternal life, knowing the Father and knowing the Son. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Not life someday out there, one day, one of these days, but a life that's eternal that is in us now. And we live in this life now. We participate Now, what we're tempted to do is to make it about us, to make it a competition, to kind of judge and evaluate other people and see how we rank or where we rank in comparison. We kind of want their thing and wish that other people did it like us. And we've got a pretty good list of things that we do pretty good and that's kind of the standard. And Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so by God's grace, He wants us. And this is where the, the not striving part. It's, it's we step into Jesus. We, we live by His life. This is one of the great trajectories of the New Testament, of the Bible, is that our life is united. We're, we live in union with Christ. And so that's a, that's a not striving life. And, and because He's the mediator, we can live and step into His worship and step into His prayer and step into His devotion, which are the three things I want to talk about. Three focus areas. Let's talk about the first one. Worship. You know, Worship, there's just I'm in a better place now than I was an hour and a half ago or whenever we started worshiping. It just it changes us. That's what God, God made us to to and, and people go, oh, I just don't want a big heaven worship service. I can't even imagine that. You know, the more you see Jesus, the more you want to worship. And it doesn't mean you always have to be in a worship service, but you want to live a life of worship with your life. A life that's focused on His excellence and beauty and greatness and goodness and grandeur and globalness and other G words and things like that. Just big. Worship, man. It's, that's a part of our story too. I, I don't tell it enough, but I mean, when we started the church, part of it was about wanting to be able to worship like we saw worship in the Bible. And it doesn't mean that you have to kneel every week or shout every week or dance every week or... You know, lift your hands everywhere. But all those things are good expressions of worship that goes from the inside to the outside. Spirit and truth. That's what the Father is seeking as worshipers who will worship Him from that deep innermost place to reality, to truth on the outside. Got a great quote here from Dallas Willard. Michael, Micah sent it to me a week or two ago. and It's from Renovation of the Heart. And I'll, I'll try not to preach the quote, but it's so awesome. I just wanted to share it with you guys. He says, In this way, we enter into a life of worship. To think of God as he is, one cannot but lapse into worship. Think about that. I'm thinking about God. Oh, I'm just going to have to praise you. <laughs> you're awesome, Lord. You're worthy. Jesus. You're so, Jesus, you're so wonderful. I mean, and any of us can do this, any of us can turn. It's just turning to the Lord and acknowledging His greatness, starting to offer thanksgiving, we cannot help but lapse into worship. And worship is the single most powerful force in completing and sustaining restoration in the whole person. You want to be whole? You want to take all those broken fragments of the past and stuff that happened, stuff that happened to you, stuff you did to others, dictions and all that kind of stuff, all those broken fragments become whole in Jesus Christ. It's, it's in worship that... Things change. Our perspective, our attitudes were renewed in our minds. It can't help but lapsing into worship and restoration of the whole person. It puts into abeyance. It, it, it pushes back every evil tendency in every dimension of the self. It's so much harder to struggle and fall into temptation when I'm worshiping than when I'm just kind of looking at that stuff. But if I've got my eyes on Jesus... King of kings, Lord of lords, worshiping Him, receiving the Father's love, feeling joy in the, in the Holy Spirit. It's a lot more difficult for me to you know, get sidetracked by some of these other things and ways of thinking and thought patterns and all that kind of stuff that just breaks me down. It naturally arises from thinking rightly of God on the basis of revealed truth confirmed in experience. So when you, when you get a revelation about something and God says, hey, do this, and you do it, and you see the truth of it, it's confirmed in experience. You go, "This is that's what wisdom is. It's knowledge that's confirmed in our experience. That's what worship does for us. It helps us to move forward in that. Worship is at once the overall character of the renovated thought life and the only safe place for a human being to stand. Amen. Amen is right. So Lord... Help us this year, 2017, Lord, help us to step into Jesus, your relationship with the Father, your ongoing worship as the great high priest. We want to step into that, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Second piece, second focus area is prayer. Okay? So, prayer, again, we're stepping into, we're not, it's not, are you. prayer guy or girl, strong man, pull yourself up by your boots, you got a cape flowing behind you. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about stepping into the prayers of Jesus, who always lives to intercede for us. This is not like something that's on the side burner for Jesus. We're stepping into the way he's praying. And, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard this yet. We're going to be talking about this a bunch over the next several weeks, but we're part of the Antioch movement and the vision uh, Jimmy just gave the vision letter and I could not believe it. When I saw the, the tagline, Kim and I got chills. Because we've been praying, just sensing in our hearts like God's wanting to do something in the area of prayer this year. He's wanting to take us to the next place in prayer. And uh, the, the opening line said the banner phrase for 2017 is Jesus, teach us to pray. Luke 11, 1-13. Like, you know, just loud. Yes, Lord, resonates. I want to do that. I want to walk in that. You know, prayer is this, this powerful uh, thing. Cor- I mean, corporately, God, it's like God's waiting on us to pray. He's waiting on people to get together and say, Amen. You know, bind things, loose things, pray in the name of Jesus. He, he wants heaven's will being, being expressed and, 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 and prayed out on the earth, and I, I used this picture a couple weeks ago, but I feel like a little bit we've we've outpunted our coverage just a bit, and we need to get some prayer coverage down around the ball right now. Some things God's leading us into, and not only does it, we cover things we're doing, but He leads us into new things as we get in the place of prayer. It's it's amazing. You want to hear God speak? Go to a prayer meeting. Okay, so this is I'm gonna talk more about that next week. I so was a little parentheses. I'm really talking about personal prayer right now, but I, I couldn't not say some of that. So, okay, so the most important thing I can encourage you to do this year as a pastor that loves you guys is to get up and spend time every single morning with Jesus. Just spend a little time with Jesus every morning. That's the most important thing because it will shape your life. And it's not a legal thing. I'm not checking off a box. If you need to schedule an appointment, if it's new to you, put it down so it'll be on your phone or on your computer or something. But schedule that appointment time with Jesus. And it does. It's not. It's not rocket science. But it's sometimes you need some help. I mean, do a worship song. Put on a worship song. Sing out loud. Um, uh, Open up the Bible to the Psalms. Pray Psalm 100. You know, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His love endures forever. You know, find a place. Uh, my dad and the Lord Don Fento told me for years that the Psalms—it's where He primes the pump, and everything kind of gets going in the Psalms. You know, just you start get a little worship going. So, worship, some prayer, some intercession, some—what a time to start the Bible! You know, a Bible reading plan. If you're not right here at the start of the year, we want to be digesting the Word of God so that we've got wisdom in our day so the Holy Spirit can energize that so that we can give words of encouragement to other people and we're not just pulling out crusty old uh you know stale bread this is John three sixteen. God gave me this to about four years ago but I want to give it to you you know it's it's like I want hot bread from this morning that he's gonna use to share in people's lives it's amazing just reading through the scripture how often he gives me a verse and I'll and I'll carry it and it's for somebody that day so so there we go. So just some time with God. I was amazed this past Thursday night, Joe Ewan came and spoke at our the discipleship school and he starts off and he's saying he got a word about a tidal wave coming and he didn't feel like he was ready. And the Lord called him to a new season of spending time with Jesus, getting up even earlier. So he gets up at five. And he's like, Joe's, I don't know what, Joe's mid-60s or something, but he's just excited, telling us. He's, there's, he's light. He's free. He's talking about, he said, Yvonne, my wife, talks about how I've changed. And I can't even wait. At 10 o'clock at night, I start getting excited about getting up the, the next morning to be with Jesus. You know. And he said, things have changed. She's telling me I'm changing. I'm, uh, there's more of God in me. I'm feeling His life more and more. And I'm like, man, that was stirring me up to want to Meet with Jesus. And I just want that encouragement for everybody. You know, what would happen if every every person connected with Christ's fellowship was spending time every single morning with Jesus? Getting in His presence. Getting something fresh and hot from Him for the day. For your spheres of influence. Those kinds of things. You know, and another piece of that is abiding through the day. Abiding in Christ. And so that just means I'm turning to You, Jesus. I'm, I'm recognizing and its practice. Nobody does it perfect. We just It's an ongoing experiment of living life with Jesus. that sound like a, a good plan? Well, John 15, 5 says, apart from Me, Jesus says, I want you to abide in Me. And apart from Me, you can't do anything that's going to last. So, that's what we want to do. One of the things I do, just practically, is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's just the day that I'm less with people than, than other days. But on those two days, I have appointments every hour on the hour and it says ATL ATL all day long Tuesday all day long I said Thursday I meant Friday Tuesday and Fridays and uh, ATL ATL and it means acknowledge God's presence offer Thanksgiving and just listen just pause and listen and that is such a it just it turns me to the Lord it allows it helps me to abide in Christ throughout the day but you can, I mean, don't have to stay with mine. You can use other... Uh, I, I read one this morning about this guy named Gypsy Smith. Uh, Rodney Gypsy Smith. He's from the 1860s. He was an English guy. Had no education and spoke at Harvard. He was a revivalist. And God used him to help all these people. He said they, that he never preached without people committing their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Just, that just happened all the time. Just who he was. And so... No education, speaking at Harvard. Was asked by two sitting presidents to come and visit the White House. Crossed the ocean on an ocean liner because that's how you would have had to do it in the 1860s. Um, thank you. And, uh, and uh, 46 times during his life to come over and preach. And uh, so toward the end of his life, some people were asking him, what has been your secret? How do you do this? How do you pray? What do you do? He said, well, I get in the middle of the floor, and I take a piece of chalk and I draw a circle around myself. And I say, God, would You bring revival inside of this circle and have Your way in me for Your glory? You know, and I mean, you could draw that circle around your family. You could draw that circle around your work stuff. You could draw that circle around things you want to see happen, dreams and stuff you want to stay out of. Lord, I put that circle over there. Leave it. Just, Lord, bring Your glory in my life. Okay, so prayer. What's it going to look like for you? And the, the last piece here is devotion. Devotion. And this, again, it's stepping into the devotion of Jesus. You know, when, uh, how does the Father see you? He sees you through the eye. Through, he's looking at Jesus. We're, his life is ours. Our life is His. On that day, you'll realize I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So, our devotion, it's not, oh, am I going to be devoted enough one day? It's, it's Jesus. Jesus lived this life. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And so, that's the life we're called to. The problem, you know, our culture, I, I think it's probably maybe one of the most distracted times ever, possibly, could be. I don't know what it was like in the 1300s or the 1200s. I mean, everybody seemed to be pretty peaceful. I don't know, carrying straw around and stuff. Uh, I'm just, I just the phone thing, the TV thing, the internet. I mean, it's like having a quiet time and just, oh, I wonder about this and, oh, you know, and you're off. And where are you? You're gone. I'm gone. And uh, it's just me. Okay. Uh, I was watching this this Simon Sinek has a, done a TED talk and some stuff. And he was talking about millennials' uh, attention span because of growing up with all of these, you know, everything's instantaneous because of the phone. Everything's instantaneous. And so uh, even just wanting to make a difference and change the world. And But what's happening is they haven't been keeping jobs, he said, because after nine months, they haven't changed the world yet. Then we've got we to gotta do something different, right? And so my my point here is for all of us though is to say it's a long obedience in the same direction to quote Eugene Peterson so it's it's this we're going this way we're going this way we're going to stay focused we're going to walk in devotion i don't want anyone to distract you from pure and simple devotion to christ paul says to the corinthians So that's a word for us. Lord, help us to do this. And my question, just to wrap this up, is what will it look like for us to live this way? What will it look like to live this way in 2017? What will it do in the church life at CF if the individuals within the church life are committed to worship, prayer, devotion, seeking the Lord, saying, Jesus, teach us to pray, walking with Him, sharing His life, abiding in Him, responding to Him in obedience when He calls us to do stuff. Not striving, you know, but when we start to live that way, start to dream about that kind of living, nothing else will satisfy us. Nothing else is going to hit the mark. Nothing else. We see that nothing else lasts. Only what's done in Him. What if God wanted this to be the very best year in His presence ever? What if he wanted this to be your best year of praying and meeting with him in intimacy ever? What if he wanted this to be the best year of change where you become more personally transformed and into the image of Christ than ever before? And again, not a shaky limb, right? This is solid. It's solid. And so why not? Man, let's Let's believe this year for change. Let's believe for God working in us. Let's believe for this being the best year of worship, prayer, devotion, living our lives changed, transformed, renewed in that fullness and tenderness and power that's released in and through us when we live this way. Amen. Y'all stand up. Okay, the worship team's coming. If you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every uh, service. We just take a little time to respond to God and uh, to get prayer. And I tell you, this this may be, you know, for many here, the most important thing that happens today. Just what is God doing in your hearts? I've got I've got three invitations today. And the first one, the first one is this: it's to receive Jesus Christ. It's to begin a journey. Here we are, beginning of 2017. If you've not been walking with Jesus, that can start today. I mean, what a way to start the year. Starting with Jesus. Jesus is always saying, come. He's knocking on the door. He's saying, welcome home. So today could be a great day to start that journey. You can pray with someone up front or pray with someone that you're, you came with, but, but that's the first invitation. The second one is if you're in the family of God here. It's to go deeper. It's to go deeper in these areas that we're talking about. Go deeper. It's an invitation to go deeper in worship. To go deeper in prayer. To go deeper in devotion. And get somebody to pray with you about that. And then the third one is because we're the family of God and it's a welcome home thing, whenever you're going through something, there's always an invitation to get prayer. Because God wants to move in our lives and change things. Make things better. So, Hey, whatever your need is, come get prayer. We'll take a few minutes to do this and we'll wrap things up. Father, just meet us today. We love You. Thank You for the power of the Word of God to change lives. Would You do that just right now? In us, Lord, if we're starting the journey with Jesus or we're re-upping or just want to go deeper in these things, meet us. Yes, Lord. Amen. You guys come, get prayer. Front fills up, get prayer from someone there close by. But let's press in.